Five years ago, I got extremely sick on a trip back from Haiti. Last year, on the brink of death, I turned my life over to Jesus Christ and he healed me. Now I'm on a mission to help all others who are sick and suffering by introducing them to the healing power of God. My name's Clark Varon, and this is the Healed by Faith podcast. Welcome to your spiritual path to healing. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Healed by Faith podcast. This is Clark Varon, and we are in a series called The Full Story. And it's called The Full Story because this is the full story of my personal testimony of how I was cursed in Haiti, and I ended up receiving a miracle healing once I turned my life completely over to Christ. And two days ago, I actually had the pleasure of interviewing Amanda, who was one of the people who I actually met on this journey. And she had contacted me in deep spiritual warfare. She had just received a reading from somebody who told her that, she had two entities attached to her. And she's like, Clark, I have no idea what to do about this. You're the only person who I know who has ever had demonic attachments or entities or anything like that. And I was able to guide her in a prayer that actually restored her relationship with Jesus. And then through a prayer of forgiveness. And after that, she was delivered same day. Now, before this all happened, she was having severe spiritual warfare in her life. It was getting into her business. It was destroying her relationships. It was affecting her health. She was going blind in her right eye. She had constant migraines and it felt like there was a hot knife stabbing her in her left ear. And after this prayer, she was healed like same day. And the question is, how on earth did I know what to do? And the reason why I knew what to do was because I actually went through this. I actually lived through this. I had a deep period of spiritual warfare and it originated first in Haiti, which is what we covered in part one of this series. It originated first in Haiti and I was sick for five years. About four years into that illness, I decided, hey, this isn't enough is enough. Like my health is deteriorating. My my guts were like eating themselves from the inside out. My, my mental like nervous system was deteriorating. I was like, I need to figure out what's going on because if I don't get this solved, then it's going to have serious consequences in my life. And I already was, I was already in extreme pain and all this different stuff. And that's when I turned first to basically every type of healing that I could find in the Western world. No doctor was able to help me. No lab test was able to tell me any evidence of parasites or bacteria or viruses or anything. Then I turned to plant medicine and I had heard of miracle healings with ayahuasca, which is a psychedelic vine that lives in the Amazon and has been a part of spiritual religious ceremonies for thousands of years. And when I first used this medicine, I had this incredible encounter with God and he gave me this great calling. And then he showed me I was super sick and called me to Brazil. And then in Brazil, I went through this deep period of spiritual warfare for 40 days. I was in the wilderness. It sounds kind of biblical, right? And while I was in the wilderness for 40 days, I learned that what was making me sick was a spiritual entity. I had a parasite that was attached to me and I was in Brazil learning about the spiritual nature of disease and how can it, how it can affect our mind and our thoughts and our emotions. And that the devil actually uses these different elements of our body, our mind, our thoughts, our emotions, our physical body in order to suppress us. And this is really how the devil works. So my mission now is to help bring people to an understanding that your relationship problems, perhaps even your business or your finance problems, especially your health problems, your mental health problems, your emotional trauma has a spiritual root. And if you get to the spiritual root, then you can heal yourself. That's the ultimate lesson of all of this. And in part one of the series, we left off when I was leaving Brazil 
Brazil. Now, as I left Brazil, I was in this state of awe of like, oh my gosh, there's this miraculous medicine that indigenous people have found out can cure things that Westerners have no idea what is even the cause of these different illnesses. And I thought that like ayahuasca was the answer, but I was so sad because I realized I was like, there's no way that we would be able to help heal all the people that are sick with spiritual illnesses through ayahuasca. And what I learned over the next few months is that God actually planned for this, is that ayahuasca is not the answer. He actually gave us a path to healing that if we completely die unto Christ, then he can heal us. He will give us miracle healings. And this is what we're going to be covering in part two of this series. So when I leave Brazil, what ends up happening is I actually had pissed off this spirit that was inside of me and it got angry and it knew that I knew about it now. I now had awareness about the disease. And once I had awareness about this entity, it started to fight back against me. And what ended up happening was over the next few months, it would continue to get worse and worse until eventually I had this wing that popped out of the back of my head and wrapped around my face. And literally for three months, every time I would exhale and take a breath out, this wing would be from, it, it would go from being like glued to my face to kind of lifting off and then on every inhale, it would glue back to my face. And so literally with every breath that I took, I had a constant reminder that I had a demon attached to my body that I didn't really know how to get rid of. And I tried everything. Like I tried the mindset stuff. I went to a Tony Robbins event called Date with Destiny. It's five days to get you into peak state. And I thought, hey, maybe if I just mindset my way out of this, if I get strong enough, I can just overcome the anxiety. And it didn't work. And same thing, Amanda, by the way, in her testimony just two, that was published just two days ago on this podcast, she had years of therapy experience and yet she could not get past the constant anxiety and the torture, the mental torture that she was going through and until she finally had a dream and in this dream, a spirit came to her and said, you can't do this on your own. And that's exactly the case that was for me. I could not do this on my own. And so after trying to mindset my way out of it and personal development, if I was strong enough with personal development, I would get my way out of it. No, I gave up on that stuff didn't work. And instead of trying to like mindset my way out of this, I decided, okay, I'm going to go back to Mexico this time. And I, I went with some indigenous people in Mexico to study how they heal using peyote. And so I studied peyote and I learned how peyote works. And I realized peyote is kind of like ayahuasca. It opens you up to the spiritual world so you can do some spiritual healing. Really what it does is it, it decompresses our different layers of being. You can think of this picture, our reality, our matrix is actually kind of like a compression of a physical world, a mental world, an emotional world. We're made up of all these different layers, all these different dimensions. Peyote kind of opens up those different layers so we can kind of get rid of some emotional garbage, get rid of some trauma and stuff like that. But ultimately, when it came to this spiritual entity, when I opened myself up, it actually allowed this entity to get in, into an even deeper place into my the core of my being. And by the fourth day that I was there, I had done three ceremonies and I felt this entity had gotten into the center of my brain. And it was like sharp teeth clamped down onto the pineal gland in the center of my brain. It was making my vision wonky. I was in excruciating pain. I knew that if this thing stayed inside of my brain for much longer, it would be lights out. There's no way that I would survive. It would, it would kill me. I knew that for a fact. It was like pinching down on my nervous system that, would, that was feeding blood flow to the rest of my, to the rest of my brain. And so not only that, but the, the, this parasite had grown two wings now outside of my head and it had wrapped around my head and it had a spiky tail that had wrapped around my, my crown, like a crown of thorns. And I literally could feel like this thing thought it had a kill on me. It thought that it was game over, that I was, that I was going to die. And so I go into this last ceremony in, in a life or death situation where I'm like, if I don't win this time around, then I will die. And so I did everything that I could. I took all the medicines that I had learned about. I took it all to the max. And I ended up mustering so much love in my heart and blasting this love 
out of my own strength, out of my own heart. I blasted it until this parasite was like into the ether and I couldn't feel it there anymore. I couldn't feel exactly where it was anymore. And I felt defenseless. I was like, I have done everything that I can, but I can feel this thing trying to break back in and I don't know where it is. And I knew that if it came back into my field, it would come back into the core of my body and it would win. And if I couldn't win right then and there, then I was going to die. So in that moment of complete hopelessness, where it's like, I can't do it anymore. I don't know what to do anymore. I start praying to God like my life depends on it. And then a thought popped into my head about this woman, a neighbor that I, that I had who told me, hey, if you want to be able to cast out demons, then you need to build a relationship with Christ. And so in that moment, I pray with all of my life, with all of my heart, everything that I have, I pray to Christ for a miracle. And immediately, immediately, he takes the spirit of the demon. The demon's dead. And now this, this specific demon, it had like two layers of being. There was a spiritual layer of being and it had a life force, an energy body, which is like an electrical body. Now you can think of us, we also have life forces. In fact, plants, all plants have life forces. All plants have an electrical frequency. So this demon had an electrical frequency that still was inside of me, but its spirit was gone. It was like the corpse of it was still inside of my body. And so I start deworming this thing by passing the breath of love through my body and letting this thing pass through my head. And as it passes through me, it feels like it's a six foot wide anaconda. And I try to count like how long it is, like 200,000 feet long. And as it's coming out of me, I feel all of this unwinding, all this pain from my body, leaving my body like string, leaving from my muscles, from my intestines, from even my bones. And it's this massive pain release. But at the same time, there's a spiritual entity that's, that's passing through me in, an, in another way, right? And so I am continuing this deworming process until several hours pass and I'm losing energy. It's been like eight hours. And all of a sudden, as I'm losing energy and losing focus, another demon, another parasite that was like a winged bat came and landed on the back of my neck. And in that moment, that was the moment that I finally realized like this has got to be a curse. I'm marked. There's something on me. There's a mark on me that makes me exposed to the demonic realms of wherever these parasites come from. And I knew that until I could break that curse that I could just keep fighting and keep fighting and keep fighting, but more and more parasites would just come back and come back and come back. And that's why I'd gotten into such a bad state, right? So I tell the leaders of this peyote ceremony what's going on and they're like, oh, we know exactly what you need to do. You need to go to this guy. He's the best in the world at breaking curses. His name is the Eggman. He lives in Mazatlan, Mexico. And so I drive into the mountains of Mexico and I go see this guy and he does a reading on me with eggs. And he literally takes these chicken eggs and he rubs them on my body while he's praying. And by the way, he's a Christian. It's, it, was, it was crazy. It was like the second time where Jesus was really speaking to me because this man, he's a super, super, super powerful healer. Like this guy is healing like 70 people a day. He's, he's a freaking machine and he believes in Christ. He's got Christian statues all over him. And I was like, man, this guy believes in Jesus. And it was, Jesus was kind of creeping into my spiritual journey at this point, right? But anyways, this guy rubs me down with eggs and he's praying while he's doing that. And he cracks it into water and he's able to diagnose me like perfectly. And this is something where like no doctor was able to tell me what was up with me using Western medicine. This guy, I didn't tell him a single thing about what was wrong with me. I didn't speak a single word and he rubbed eggs on me and he diagnosed me perfectly, exactly what was going on. He even told me, he's like, if you don't get this out of you, you're going to become infertile. And I was like, I already know that. I did the lab test. When the ayahuasca told me in my first, in my second ceremony, I did a lab test and it already told me I was infertile and, and I was confirmed using science, right? And so it was just incredible like seeing this guy. And so he diagnoses me and he gives me a prescription. He's like, you need to make these plant baths. So he hands me four bags of wood and inside of these bags is literally just like different wood chips and clippings and stuff like that. He's like, boil this for 20 minutes, let it cool down a little bit and then take a cup and slowly pour it over your head. And while you're doing that, pray and rub eggs on you and 
the energy will go into the egg and then you take the egg and you flush it down the toilet. And I do this for like a month. And he told, he tells me at first it's gonna take like four days and then it's eight days and then it's 12 days. And it just keeps getting on and on and on. The reason why it took so long was because the more and more salt, or he called it, he called the demonic energy salt, right? So he's like, the more and more salt that came out of my body, the more the parasites ended up fighting back against me. And once again, I was trying to fight out of my own human will. I thought, man, if I just fast long enough, if I just, you know, meditate hard enough, if I put, get these eggs to squeeze all of the salt out of my body, then I'll be able to heal myself, right? And I was in this like endless cycle of thinking that I could do it. And at the end of the day, I realized you can't do it. There are some things that are so evil in this world. It's not like this is just, you know, a bad trauma. This was an entity that would not be able to leave through my own accord, through my own willpower. But I didn't learn that lesson yet. So I kept fighting. I kept fighting. I fasted for a month. I only ate six eggs over the course of that entire month. And then towards the end of this whole thing, I go back to the egg man for one of my readings. I'm doing checkups every four days, but I go in for a checkup and I tell him, I was like, I'm almost done. I only have a little bit of my leg and I got one left in the back of my neck. And he's like, in the back of your neck. And I was like, yeah. And I'm like, why are you so concerned? He tells me to flip over and he does a reading on my neck and he, he rubs an egg on my neck. He's like, oh my gosh, I didn't see that one, right? He's like, you need to get that out right away. And I was like, I, I, I'm trying. You know, he's like, no, you need to get the salt out right away. And he actually tries doing this extraction. He puts his hand on my head and I can feel him. He's sucking all of the salt up through my body into his hand. And as he's doing that, he's taking an egg and he's rubbing the egg on his own body to take this energy so he doesn't get infected with the salt either. And I'm like, this isn't gonna work. You don't realize the parasites are creating more salt than what you can extract. It's like, I need to do something a little bit more extreme. I need stronger medicine. I decided at that point, it's like, I'm gonna go to uh, a peyote ceremony. And once I go to this peyote ceremony, I'll be able to get the parasites out of my leg. And once the parasites are out of my leg, then I can come back to you and you can get the salt out of my head. And he's like, you better hurry right now. And as I leave the egg, one of my friends calls me and, and she tells me, she's like, you need to get the salt out of your head immediately. Some people who get salt in their head, when, when that extraction process starts, if you stop it, then you can go mentally insane. And two people, two of her friends actually, who she had brought to the Eggman before she knew had given up on the process and ended up in mental institutions. And I'm like, oh my gosh, the stakes are raised even higher. But nonetheless, I feel pretty confident in my ability in order to go to this peyote ceremony and get rid of all the salt and whatnot. And I end up I'm going to that ceremony. Now I'm praying to Jesus, right? Like I've been praying to him, but the relationship is more like, please come save my butt rather than like, I want to build a genuine friendship with you, right? I'd never actually picked up my Bible and never gone about like learning about him or anything like that. I'm like, please save my butt. And he does. He, he sucks all of the salt out of my body in the first like 30 seconds of this ceremony, right? And I, I end up completely healed. And now there's just that corpse left again, right? So I'm deworming the corpse for like two hours and it's almost all gone. And then all of a sudden the parasite in my leg is there's only a tiny bit left. It starts to come alive again. It starts to generate more salt and that salt flows up to my head. And now I, all of a sudden I realize why the Eggman was so concerned for me because the salt started to form into like this black mass at the top of my head. And it was like concrete was forming inside of me. And in that moment, I realized why he was so concerned. Now I wasn't concerned because it's like, I've had this parasite in, in the back, in back of my head since Brazil. You know, it's been there forever. You know, it's not, it can't be that bad. But then I realized that whatever he was doing, whatever the plant bats were, did some kind of alchemy on the spirit, some kind of magic where it kind of dissolved the spiritual energy of the devil, this dark salt that comes from the devil. It dissolved it into a way where it can be easily prayed out. But if that stuff gets into your head, it forms again, like two oxygen atoms turning into an oxygen molecule, an O2, right? But this O2 was actually like, felt like concrete that was inside of me. Now I'm at this point where I, I feel like I'm totally screwed up. 
It's like, I know the consequences could be mental insanity, right? And I try to get this thing out of me. I, I do hape and I try to blow this thing out of my, out of my head and it, it ends up, I end up just pissing it off, right? And it goes over me and it ends up surrounding me like an umbrella and it's like crushing down on me and it feels like it's crushing my skull. And even in that moment, there was, there was one guy who, who told me, he's like this Marakami, he has the power to be able to suck demons out of people and crystallize them into rocks and he literally spits rocks. Like that's one of the spiritual gifts of this Marakami. And so I stick around to the end of the ceremony and he takes his feathers, he's got this feather, these feathers on a stick, you know, and he takes his feathers and he kind of wisps them over my shoulders to be able to like wisp a little bit of my spirit, my aura off. And then he, after he whips a little bit, he holds the feathers up to my chest and then the stick up to his mouth and he takes one sip like, and as he does that, he immediately starts projectile vomiting rocks. Like I could hear rocks just splashing on the ground. A tiny sip of this projectile vomiting, projectile vomiting, projectile vomiting over and over again. And this guy's like 75 years old. I'm like, oh my gosh, I just freaking killed this mom. And he looks back at me in complete tears and he calls his assistant over who is with him. He starts speaking to his assistant and his assistant starts crying and they come and they speak to me. I'm like, what's going on? I know I'm in bad condition. Like what, what, what's happening? And the assistant starts translating and he tells me, he's like, the mark, I've never seen this happen before and this Marakami is one of two people in the world that can do this but he's offering you a chance to go to his village with him and fast and do offerings for five days and on the fifth day he's going to try to rip the spirit out of you but if he fails at extracting the spirit from you then it can backfire and it can get even worse and it could kill you and it could kill him and I'm like oh my gosh I literally it's like this is a life or death decision that I've got to make. I'm like, I can't make this decision right now. I need some time. You know, I'm in serious, serious agony at the moment. And I'm calling my brother and I'm calling some friends and my, my brother flies down the next day and he stays with me and he sees the mess that I'm in. He sees this Airbnb that I'm in covered with hundreds of eggs. And I'm like, don't touch any of them. They're hot. Like these, they literally were hot and vibrated with this demonic energy. I was like, I need to get these eggs out of this apartment and I need to get out of here and I need to go home and I need to try to rebuild my life and think about whether or not I'm going to do this extraction. I need a mental break. And so my brother takes me back home to Colorado. I get home to Colorado and I try to start living a little bit of a normal life again. And I had been fasting so much. I still haven't eaten. And so I get back to Colorado and I take a few bites of food to try to re start rebuilding my strength a little bit. And as soon as I start eating, I start having demonic attacks. This has happened every time that I ate. It was a spiritual parasite. So it was linked to every time I ate, it would grow bigger, right? And so I start having these demonic attacks and I just go to bed and that night I'm just praying and praying and praying and praying for grace and for peace and for sleep. And I just pray to God that I can have some sleep. And I'm in there in my bed with eggs underneath my back trying to protect the salt from going to my head. And the eggs are cracking in my bed and demonic yolk is going all over me. And I feel like I'm going insane. I can't eat. I can't sleep. And as I lay there in bed praying for grace, I see this smoky black dragon in my vision that's coming closer to me. And as it comes closer to me, I could feel it choking me. Literally felt like if I fell asleep that night, it was going to choke me in my sleep. And so I call my friend and I'm like, I need help. I need to go back to Mexico. I want to do this extraction with the Marakami. You know, if, if I can, I can fast five more days, you know, I know I can do it. I've already fasted for a month and I'm ready to do the extraction. I'm, if I don't do that, I know it's going to risk my life, but it's my only hope right now. And I feel like I'm going to die anyways. And he's like, calm down. If you can't sleep tonight, just pick up some scripture and read some scripture and we'll talk about it in the morning. I'm like, are you kidding me? You think scripture is going to be able to help me through all of this? You have no idea what I've done. You have no idea everything that I've tried. Scripture is not going to be able to do anything. That was my first thought. And then my second thought was back to the Marakami saying five days of offerings before trying to extract the demons. And in that moment, I realized, I was like, it felt like all of my angels had left me, like Christ had left me. I prayed and not, no, I got no response. And I was like, I've never given an offering, not once. I was like, I'm going to read the Bible. It's going to be an offering to Christ because he's already saved my life twice. And 
And in the moment of decision to read my Bible, I immediately whoosh received a massive healing. And then I went and I picked up my Bible and I opened it to the book of Mark and I started reading Mark. And as I start reading the Bible, the, from the very first word, parasites start projectile flying out of my body, demons flying out of my body. And it was the first time I was healed with complete grace, with complete ease. I didn't have to fight. I didn't have to do anything. But it was just Jesus coming down and healing me. And all I had to do was read. And as I took steps closer to Christ, he filled me more and more and more. And the rest of the story basically is a story of me continuing to grow this relationship with Christ and trust him more and believe in him more. And eventually, once I fully trusted him and believed in him and surrendered my life to him, I was completely healed. But that didn't happen overnight. It happened over the course of several months. And that very night, as I got to Mark chapter 2, when the Pharisees are asking Jesus, why aren't you and your disciples fasting? Jesus says, they don't have to fast in the presence of Christ. When I leave, they'll fast. And I read that and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm in the presence of Jesus. I'm in the presence of Jesus. And in that moment, I was like, I'm going to go try eating some food. I'm not going to fast anymore. And I go to my fridge, I grab a tiny piece of broccoli florette, and I take a bite of this broccoli, and nothing happened. It was the first time in eight months that I was able to eat with zero consequences. I was completely protected by Christ. And then I, that night, I ended up reading my Bible and just feasting. I ate through my entire fridge, zero consequence, zero spiritual warfare. And I went to sleep that night in complete peace, having found Christ having began to really understand the full extent of his power. And that's when I knew that he was the answer, that he was the way, that he is the truth, he is the life. And if you're struggling right now, if you're going through anything, whether it be physical or mental or emotional or spiritual or relationships or even your business or your finances, something seems to be a wreck. I promise you, if you turn towards Christ, he can heal you. He can be with you through the thick, through the thin. And it's not necessarily that everything's going to be better overnight, but he'll be there with you through the process. And that's the lesson that I learned in that process. And now that I had read my Bible, now that I was on that spiritual track, I knew that I was in a much better place, but I hadn't completely rejected all of the other modalities of healing that I had tried and discovered and whatnot, I still knew that there were some modalities that actually worked. You know, I had tried combo, for example. Combo is this tree frog medicine. It's a, it's a protein that comes off of the wax of a tree frog that lives in the Amazon. And you put it on your skin and it, it gets gunk out of you. It's a detox. You know, it makes you purge, but it also kills parasites. And so it was these types of things that I had to let go of. The first thing that I had to let go of was the idea that anyone else was going to be my healer. And so I actually went down to Mexico. I went down to see that Murakami. And now I went down there in a place of peace, in a place of knowing that Christ was protecting me, right? I felt totally protected by Christ. The game had completely changed the moment that I stepped towards him. But I end up going to this Murakami's village. I go into the deep mountains and he's not even there. And I get there. But as he's returning home, his car breaks down and he doesn't get there for three days. And so I'm waiting in his village, waiting in his village. And I know that he has an appointment. He's got to go to Mexico City to lead another ceremony. I'm like, man, we're not going to be able to do the, the extraction in this time. But at this moment, I had peace. I was like, I think God's teaching me I don't need another healer. And I was learning that lesson. What was actually beautiful is he ended up doing a reading on me. And in that reading, he told me, you need to give some offerings. And I, I made some offerings. One of them was a cross covered in money. Another one was a dream catcher also in the shape of a cross. Another one was a prayer candle. And the fourth one was a, jag, a picture of a jaguar that I had to draw. And so I, each one of these had a lot of significance to me. One of them, the prayer candle, was uh, a reminder of a verse in the book of Mark when Jesus ends up, or Jesus' disciples end up bringing him a boy, an epileptic boy that they can't heal, and they bring him to Jesus. And, and Jesus heals him, and the disciples ask, why couldn't we heal this one? And Jesus said, this kind can only come out through prayer. And so in that moment, I was being taught through this offering that this demon, what I could do, it could only come out through prayer. It couldn't be through any other means. It was not going to be any other medicines. It wasn't going to be anything else but prayer. It was the only way that I was able to heal myself. I had to give up all of the modalities of trying to heal myself except through prayer in order to get this thing out of my body. And, and that lesson was also that 
Prayer is the most powerful way in order to heal yourself. It truly is. If you have full faith in its ability to actually do and actually for those prayers to be fulfilled, right? And so the prayer candle has significance. The cross in in uh, the shape, the money cross was a commitment that like, Lord, my money, my wealth, everything that I have, all my possessions are for you, right? And it wasn't a, a light offering at all because I have a microfinance institution in Uganda where, you know, a lot of this, like the money that I, and this wasn't a light offering because I'm an impact investor. I have a microfinance institution in Uganda. So aligning my money with God's mission, I had to make that commission. I had to make that commitment that all of the money, ever, all the wealth that I have, it would be used for God's purposes, right? And then the, the dream catcher in the shape of a cross was, you know, symbolic of renewing my mind. I had to completely renew my mind unto Christ. And then the fourth thing was the jaguar. And I had to look up the symbolism of the jaguar, but the jaguar is someone who leads boldly. And this is this brought out like my spiritual warrior inside of me. It's like I would need to become reborn into someone who is no longer weak because I had been so beaten up, so bruised, so wounded from the spiritual journey that I need to become a warrior again. I need to be courageous and a leader in order to fulfill the spiritual mission. And all of these things, every single one of these offerings that the Marakami told me to make had extraordinary spiritual significance over the course of the rest of my spiritual journey. And so after that, I end up receiving actually... So after that, I end up going home and I haven't quite quit all of the modalities. I didn't completely stop combo. I, I tried combo to the point where I realized it was like I could do all the combo in the world and it would not be able to heal me. I did mushrooms as well. The mushrooms also, they would take the parasites. They would, it would basically like decompose the spirit of the parasite, bring it back into the earth and then bring in new life. The same way that mushrooms work in you know the world, they're, they're used to decompose, right? And they're used to bring new life. So that's their cycle within the, in God's world in the natural world. And that's what I did with the parasites is decompose them, brought them back into the earth and then brought new life to me from, from the heavens. And so I thought, okay, if I do enough mushrooms then I'll be able to heal myself, I'll be able to get rid of all these parasites. And that didn't work either until it got to the point where I had to completely acknowledge that I was never, ever, ever able to heal myself through my own effort. And I went into the woods and I went to Gila National Forest in New Mexico in order to sit and pray. And in that night, the first night that I got there, I ended up sacrificing everything. I said, Lord, I am done. I'm done trying to do this on my own. I'm done using any of the medicines that I had learned. I'm done using any of the modalities that I had learned. It's completely up to you. And in that moment, I died unto Christ. That was my death where it's like everything that I do now, I live for you. Please just save my life so I can serve you. And that night, angels descended on me and literally over the course of three hours, I just felt the disease being sucked out of my body. All of the parasites had been sucked out of my body until I realized, I was like, oh my gosh, there were so, so, so many layers of energy there that there is no way, even when I thought I was close to the end, I was never even close to being able to completely heal myself. But these angels, they sucked so much out of my body. I was back to almost perfect health. And after receiving this massive healing, I lay my head back down to rest again. And as I lay my head down to rest, I'm in this like half dream state. So in this like subconscious state, and I have this thought of, I can't wait to help save other people. And in that moment that I thought that at a subconscious level, when I genuinely wanted to serve Christ and spread the gospel of what Jesus did for me and what he can do for others, in that moment, a rush of wind came down into my lungs, forced like into my lungs, like a breath of air, like that I did not breathe, but that was forced inside of me. And immediately an earthquake happened throughout my entire body and the curse was broken. So there you have it. 
that's the story of how I broke a curse. And I didn't even know what that wind was that entered me right away. But I do want to actually read you a part of Acts that tells you what that wind was, because this is actually receiving, this is receiving the Holy Spirit. This is when the disciples received the Holy Spirit. It came to them as a, as a wind. So in Acts chapter two, it says, when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven, there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as a fire appeared among them and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them the ability. And so in that moment that the rushing wind came inside of them, they had the ability to be able to speak in other languages. And there was people there in Jerusalem during Pentecost and they he was able, the disciples were able to speak in all of these people in their native tongue. It was the first sign of spiritual gifts that they had and it came immediately upon the rushing wind. Now as this rushing wind entered me, I also received spiritual gifts. And I know it sounds crazy and maybe you don't believe this part of the story, but it's true. And one of my spiritual gifts, I tell you, is I've been able to communicate with angels. I've been able to receive messages from angels. Another one of my spiritual gifts is I have the ability to be able to feel the healing power of prayer. I can actually feel it when people pray for me and I can feel it when I pray for others as well and they receive healing. And I can actually tell the more traumatized someone is, the more they need healing, the more healing I receive by healing them. And that's one of my gifts. And I've received messages of prophecy before. I've seen, I received messages about the future. I've received messages for other people. I have been able to ask questions about what, how God wants to use other people in their lives and stuff like that. And I've received healing power within my prayers. Like Amanda, who came to me just a few days ago, you can hear her testimony from two days ago. I prayed over her when she was, she had two demons attached to her and she was delivered same day. And so these are the spiritual gifts that I've received and it's been such a blessing and I'm so humbled and it doesn't come through any of my own power. There's nothing that I did to deserve it, but I did do the work in order to renew my mind into Christ. And that is what I want to talk to you about in the next episode is how do you renew your mind unto Christ? Because in that journey over those eight months, as I was reading at once from the time that I picked up my Bible, and even before then, I began to be able to study the healing power of prayer. And I began to study the things that you need to do in order to receive a healing miracle. And once I had completed each one of those steps, I was able to receive my healing miracle. And through these gifts, I was able to study the healing power of prayer. And in the next series, I'm going to teach you what I learned about this eight-step process that I was able to create. I call it the eight steps spiritual path to healing. And through this, I truly believe that you can receive your own healing miracle. I truly believe that it's possible for you to heal yourself spiritually of cancer, of autoimmune disease, of physical ailments that are tormenting you. But you're not going to be able to do it as long as you're naive of the true spiritual roots of the disease. You must acknowledge that there are spiritual roots, that there are demonic entities that make us sick, that make us ill. Just acknowledging that, just acknowledging the truth of the story. It's the very first step. Once you acknowledge that, then you can begin the eight step path. And so I hope that my testimony can help you to believe in the spiritual roots of illness. I've had so many experiences and I have a book that I'll be publishing with even more details of it so you can hear how this was not just a mental break from drug use, you know, but something that I experienced day in, day out, day in, day out 
for a very long time. And even after my healing miracle, I continue to have constant reminders, a daily reminder of my spiritual gift to be able to feel healing. And it's been an extraordinary blessing and it's completely changed my life. And I can tell you today, my daily life, I live with so much more love and compassion and joy and kindness and caring. And I truly love my neighbor, even strangers, even you. I truly love you with a brotherly love. I may not even know you, but I know that if we were to meet that immediately, just knowing that you are a child of God, that I love you and I'm creating this podcast for you so that you may know that Jesus can heal you. Now we have one more episode in this series and I'm gonna tell you about what has happened since that miracle in my life, the growth that has happened, the spiritual growth that has taken place because the moment that I received the Holy Spirit was the beginning of me going all in on Jesus, completely committing my entire life to him. And I wanna tell you about some of the miracles that have worked in my life since then. And I'm actually gonna be bringing on a dear friend of mine, my roommate, Donnie, and he's gonna be able to testify of the changes that he's seen in me as well. And I'm telling, I'm creating this episode so you may know that the changes that have happened in me, they come through the power of Christ, the Christ, the spirit of Christ that lives inside of me, the spirit of love and of light and of grace, the spirit that I want you to have, that I want you to experience more and more every single day. I go to bed with a fire in my chest in love with Christ, in love with life because I went through this whole journey. And I want you to know that if you're sick or if you're suffering right now, the deeper the pain that you are experiencing, the higher the highs you will be able to experience when you are healed. Faith is kind of like a trampoline. The lower you fall, the higher you may rise. And that's one of the things that Jesus taught us when there was that sinful woman who came to one of the Pharisees' houses when Jesus was meeting with this Pharisee. This sinful woman came and washed Jesus' feet with her tears. And the Pharisees were saying, hey, if Jesus was really the Messiah, he would know that this is a sinful woman. And why would he allow her to even touch him? And Jesus said, I came to your house, speaking to the Pharisees, I came to your house and you didn't greet me. You didn't wash my feet. You didn't treat me with deep love. But this woman, she had many sins and because of her many sins were forgiven, she loves me much. And so I promise you, wherever you're at, the deeper the pain, the deeper the suffering, the deeper of torment that you've been through, the higher that you may rise in faith, the more you will love Christ, the more love you will be able to hold in your chest. And trust me, God does, God is tired of half-hearted faith. He's, he's tired of Christians that go to church once a week and then don't act like a Christian in between and don't open their Bible in between their services. He's tired of that. What he wants is people who have true faith. People who have true faith are people who have been saved from real pains. And if that's where you're at right now, then you are in a beautiful place to be. Because if you continue this path, if you continue the spiritual path to healing, then you can end up in the highest of highs, higher than your neighbors. People are gonna wonder, how did this person end up feeling like this? How is this person such a beacon of light and joy in this world? And you'll be able to tell them, it's because I've been saved by Christ. So that's my testimony to you. That's what I hope. I hope my testimony ends up being an inspiration for you to really commit to your spiritual healing journey, to become fully in love with Christ, to commit to him fully. And in the next episode, I will be bringing on Donnie where he'll be able to testify of all the changes that he's seen in my life ever since that miracle healing. But until then, I'd love to pray for you. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for the journey that you've taken me down. I thank you so much for the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. I thank you so much for even the pain and the suffering because it's through pain and suffering that you able to build in me spiritual endurance, spiritual persistence, and spiritual faith. And it's through this faith that I hope in you, I love in you, I've come closer to you. And Lord, you've never failed me, not once. You've never fallen, letting, let me fall too low to the ground. You've never let me drop below any amount of suffering that I was unable to handle. And I pray that as these beautiful children of God listen to this 
podcasts with me, that they may feel the same grace in their life as you have given to me. I pray that they may know, come to know Jesus as their Savior, as their King, as the ruler of the world, who has full power in heaven and on earth, and that he is just waiting at their doorstep, waiting for them to come home. He just wants a relationship with them. And that relationship begins by taking a single step towards you, Jesus, by getting to know you, by reading the Bible, to knowing how you lived and what you said and what you did. And it continues by the renewing of our mind, by following the things that we learn in the Bible, purging ourselves of hatred, of anger, of resentment, of bitterness, and restoring ourselves back into a place of pure love and kindness and grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, if this episode really hit home with you and you've decided it's time to really build my faith foundation, then please download some free resources that I have for you. These are my top five free resources that I use that really helped deepen my faith during my spiritual journey. Thankfully, I had amazing mentors around me and they guided me to these resources. And with these resources, I was really able to accelerate my faith journey. So I'm going to share them with you as well. You can download them at spiritualpathtohealing.com slash the number five dash free. That's spiritualpathtohealing.com. There will also be a link to that in this podcast episode as well. So you can just click that link and download those five free resources. But I highly recommend it. These are the things that really helped me build my faith foundation and hopefully they can help you build yours as well. Thanks.